0: I believe that people should feel comfortable reaching out and kind of rolling their sleeves up and asking hard questions. And what's going to happen if the person says no, they just say no, you know, but what if they say yes? And what if they embrace your growth plan and your learning curve and really want to kind of sink their teeth into your development? Well, then you got someone that can, can really vouch for you and maybe give you a boost of confidence, maybe give you a lead. And so I just encourage people to have conversations. Hello, it's Marcy Bullock with season two of your favorite career readiness podcast. Learn tips on personal and professional development, hear inspiring stories of overcoming obstacles. I devote my life to helping other people figure out what to devote theirs to. This is Marcy Bullock with the most important five Ps stay present, trust the process, explore your path release the pressure valve, and unleash your potential.
1: Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Christian Maldonado here with uh, Wolfpack Career Chats. And today we have President of Richmond Kickers Football Club, Mr. Matt Spear. Welcome, Matt. How are you?
0: Good morning, Christian. Hope you're well. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yes, of course. So I know we've got a chance to chat in the past about what you do or not, but I'd love to start this podcast with an overview of kind of what you do and your journey and what your job entails with the Richmond Kickers football club.
0: Yeah, so uh, quick bio. I grew up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina and played, you know, tons of sports growing up and eventually gravitated towards soccer um, as my favorite and, and probably my best. Played college soccer at Davidson um, in the 1900s, I say long time ago, and was fortunate enough to to be on our final four team and that kind of launched me into wanting to work in soccer or in sports the rest of my life, which I've done. Um, my first little while outside, out after graduating from Davidson, I worked for a sports marketing firm, um, mainly focused on originally televising college soccer. Nobody was really televising college soccer in the 1990s. So we took that on me and a partner and it ended up doing about 85 uh, college soccer telecasts during the nineties. It bridged into internet work, our own website and consulting for other soccer organizations um, then I switched careers at age 30 and became a full-time um, Division I head soccer coach for the men's team at Davidson, my alma mater. So I was there for 18 years. Uh, loved it and um, really cherished college sports. I, I believe it's, to me, kind of the perfect fusion, if you will, of mind, body, and soul. Um, I love that age group. Um, and they're very impressionable. They're very bright. They're very creative. They're very eager and um, and obviously coaching where... I went to school was, was a tremendous uh, source of pride and honor. Um, And then this current opportunity came up about two years ago, five of my teammates from that final four team at Davidson bought the pro soccer team in Richmond, the Richmond kickers and lured me in uh, if you will, to come in and start the reboot kind of the new chapter um, as the club was transitioning. And I've been doing that for two years now. Um, I've been the president and the general manager about a year ago, I dropped the general manager uh, title and role um, because in my opinion, great leaders, what you do is you find people that are smarter and better than you and you put them in the place and you encourage them. And we did that when we made a coaching change and we brought in Darren Sawatsky, who is our head coach and sporting director. And as a result, he took over kind of the general manager piece of it in terms of running the soccer side. Um, the Richmond Kickers is is where I work and And where I like to say I'm a servant leader. Awesome.
1: I like how you've mentioned there, how good leaders kind of let other people take a role that they feel are fit for that position. Um, So kind of stepping back to where you said how your journey started with Davidson, including a wonder uh, final four appearance. So being in college, did you see yourself playing at the next level or did you have kind of a moment in college where you realized that professional soccer may not be the next step and that you kind of needed to pivot to, to become ready to enter the workforce?
0: Yeah. Some of my age is a little different than someone your age, Christian, because there's not been as solid of a pro soccer environment um, when I was growing up. So as a result, most people uh, that I grew up with didn't dream of taking their game to the pro level because it just wasn't uh, a solid league and there wasn't much TV. Um, the U.S. national team wasn't really that very wasn't very good. Uh, in fact, 1990, I went over to the World Cup uh, with some teammates of mine and then Davidson coach Charlie Slagle for the World Cup. And um, that was the first World Cup the U.S. national team had played in in 40 years. The last one we had qualified for was 1950. So put it in perspective, there there wasn't that ambition per se to play after college for most, most of us. Um, When I came out in 93, MLS had not started yet. So there was no major league soccer. It started in 96. Um, I did go for some tryouts and did get an opportunity to play uh, what's now called the USL. But I decided uh, at that point, uh, I've been to a Final Four. I'm going to go ahead and branch into working for the sport or working for sports
1: in another capacity. Awesome. I'm sure the World Cup was probably an otherworldly experience. I think it's great that you've been able to see the transition for soccer here. Of course, having that passion like I do, um, just like you said, seeing the growth of that, I know it's been great. Uh, So again, just after college, you you said you were entrusted with the vice president position in in sport marketing. Um, Can you talk about, coming from a history program, I know you went to Davidson with a major in history. How did you prepare yourself to be kind of be successful in such a big role early on?
0: Yeah, Christian, it's a great question. I have been incredibly fortunate uh, in my career. And uh, a lot of that just being in the right time at the right place. Um, and kind of like you've done, we've established a relationship to have mentors and, and network. Uh, and so, uh, but again, I've just been super fortunate. I The guy that started Integrity Sports Marketing was a guy named Pat Millen. And Pat, uh, my connection with him was... He was the sports marketing director for Davidson College um, when I was playing at Davidson. And he saw the opportunity that televising college soccer was uh, not only a void, but as I said, an opportunity to really launch something. And so he brought me in literally as an intern. And I just, you know, initially volunteered. Then he paid me a little bit. And eventually he made me a partner and a vice president. So um, I would say my path is, is different from most people in that, I didn't have a set course or where I wanted to go. A lot of people do, and I respect that. They see life a bit as a as a ladder. I see it more as a journey and an experience. And so, um, when I find something that I want to do, I just throw myself into it and learn kind of on the fly. So I joke that you know, as a history major at Davidson, uh, it didn't give me a lot of skill or skill set per se to help join and run a sports marketing firm or to become a college soccer coach, or to become a pro soccer president. Um, But what it did do, I think, in a place like Davidson or any kind of liberal arts institution is it enabled me to write well, speak well, um, think critically and coherently. uh, And those skills go a long way in whatever you want to do. But to answer your question, Christian, nothing in particular, none of the hard skills I got out of college, it's not like a biology major to become a doctor um what i've done has been a little bit more free forming so um we had to learn on the fly with integrity sports marketing and we had to create a business from scratch we had to um kind of embark on uh, just a a business opportunity as i said before without any kind of direction um we were the only ones as i said televising college soccer we just saw it as a real missing link and we were fortunate we were able to bring Adidas in as a primary partner and sponsor through those years in the 1990s. And they were, for lack of a better term, our sugar daddy. You know, they really, they really, they really enabled us to, to do what we wanted to do. They saw um, kind of the, the enterprise that we wanted to do, which was elevate college soccer and help Adidas as a side effect, um, uh, embrace more grassroots soccer. So youth and high school and college, we kind of a missing link I think in terms of really producing a marketing element and college soccer to many people like I was growing up is the pinnacle that you really point to, you know, very few folks go on to play pro soccer. So, uh, college soccer was, was such a kind of a, a, um, a goal for so many youth players and it still is today. Um, it still has a, a really relevant piece of the pyramid, if you will, in soccer. So, for me, it was um, kind of get in there and figure it out. And, um, you know, the sports marketing piece, we, we didn't really know what we were doing. We were pretty naive and blind and sometimes ignorance is bliss. And we were able to, you know, bring Adidas in as the primary sponsor. We were able to align ourselves uh, with Prime Sports, which is now called Fox Sports, uh, with the regional affiliates as our, as our broadcast arm. We got some really good TV producers and directors early on um, that happened to appreciate what we were trying to do and to help us and guide us. Um, and obviously we had the, the the NCAA tournament rights, then we got the ACC and Big East tournament rights. Um, and so we kind of fit those pieces together and as a, as a centerpiece and we're able to produce a lot of college soccer
1: games and a lot of highlight shows uh, and eventually websites around that. Awesome, yes. So I love how you mentioned how you partake in some internships and that you had transferable skills. You know, you're not going to just learn everything you need to know all at once. You, you mentioned the writing skills, how you were able to leverage that somewhere else. So I, I would love to hear your advice to talking about taking advantage of these types of experiences for kids that are in college and that don't they have this feeling that they, they don't have the right experience or that they can't be helpful. Um, and of course, I know you're, you're familiar with unpaid internships. Could you talk a little bit about how important these type of experiences are in in college, as you've mentioned that you've had some.
0: Yeah, it can be, um, it can be intimidating trying to find a job. It can be scary to reach out to people and, you know, to to pat yourself on the back, Christian, you reached out to me, you know, and and wanted to connect. And and I immediately saw that as a a valuable uh, opportunity for me to learn from you. And um, I think what young people sometimes forget is the older people that we are, we're, we were we're just overgrown kids we're just we went through experiences and um, I'm, I don't believe you know I believe in a flat organizational culture and although there are titles and roles they're in um, you know I always believe that everybody has value and I believe in love over hate which is really important in this time and age the struggles that we're going through as a nation and so I believe that people should feel comfortable reaching out and kind of rolling their sleeves up and asking hard questions and What's going to happen if the person says no? They just say no, you know. But what if they say yes, and what if they embrace your growth plan and your learning curve, and really want to kind of sink their teeth into your development? Well, then you got someone that can can really vouch for you and maybe give you a boost of confidence, maybe give you a lead. And so, I just encourage people to have conversations. If anybody on this, you know, is watching this in the future, wants to reach out to me, you know, I'm on the Richmond Kickers website, m.spear at richmondkickers.com, and Uh, I I enjoy these conversations. I, in my career right now, I deliberately make time for this kind of thing. Um, I'm not a grinder, work harder kind of guy right now. I'm a work smarter and I want space in my life to help our culture and our staff at our organization. I've been able to hire a lot of good people that can really run the nuts and bolts of what we're doing. And, uh, and that's just kind of the, where I am in my life. And, and so, but I do want to help people and reach out to people that are starting out. And what I would also say is I had a good conversation with, um, someone around your age, a little bit older, right out of college recently. And he called me and, and I knew his mom's connection there. And we started to have a conversation and he had a lot of the same basic questions. And I just said, Hey, let's, let's, let's dig a little deeper. Like, what do you, who do you like as a soccer team? Why do you like them? What do you enjoy when you go to a sports event? Um, And it started to kind of get under the surface a little bit um, because he wants a career in sports. He wants a career in event management. He wants a career in marketing. And so I just encourage him to be, be be himself. He's very sharp, organized, uh, erudite guy, probably smarter than me had more classes than me in this field. And so I would say is uh, to people to be yourself, you know, it's okay to kind of not be perfect. And, um, and tell people really what you feel and think. Uh, to me, that's much more real. And maybe that's where I am in my career, but also I think it's where we are in this, in this world, in this time. Um, I think everybody is shifting. Everybody's looking at work differently. Um, there's gonna be a lot more, for lack of a better term, gig economy where you might not get the job that you work full time. You might have to do bits and pieces together. Um, and cause a lot of companies and organizations, especially in, uh, sports are not hiring full time because they're a bit on a pause, you know, hiring freeze, if you will. So, you know, if you can just learn, just have mentors for lack of a better term or people that you, you can talk to. I think that's really helpful.
1: Awesome. I, the mentor that you mentioned is, is it's so huge. Uh, it kind of reminds me of what my mom says We're step back to what she says. She always tells me, let them say no, you know, don't don't say no to yourself. Don't be afraid to, to apply or to reach out to professionals because, you know, of course, most of the time they, they have a helping hand. They, they love to do things like this. Like you said, I mean, to be able to step away from doing what you usually do, of course, to be able to have a conversation that is great. Um, and it actually reminds me of my favorite quote from Bill Nye uh, that I kind of try to keep in mind every day. And that is that everyone that you will ever meet knows something that you don't. So just picking off that, that quote that I love, do you have a favorite quote like that or or something that gets you going?
0: Gosh, I have so many quotes, Christian. I have stuff, uh, you know, uh, on my Instagram, people can see that. And I'm a big quote guy. And, um, do I have one that really drives me? I don't, I mean, I have so many, I'm, I'm a big believer that there are no ordinary moments and we're, we're doing that right now, but we're talking and how we're talking is magical in my opinion. And, um, I I believe that I want to continue to work smarter, not harder, and and make sure that I listen better and make sure I cherish relationships. Um, I would say wellness and well-being are really important in my life, and and, and it's a a primary principle for our organization and staff. Um, I believe in making sure we're optimistic. Versus positive to me, positive is a good quality, but it doesn't necessarily always include that bad stuff happens and the world's got a lot to fix. Um, I think of more optimism in that there is bad stuff and there are bad times, but we're hopefully leaning toward good. We're leaning toward love and we're leaning toward progress. Um, And that keeps us going in tough times. So, uh, but I think it is good to have mantras, if you will. There's one I had on the Davidson college men's soccer team wall. That I really liked that it said, um, I am strong, we are stronger. And for me, that has a lot of importance on self awareness and self belief and self learning. Uh, but then also, I believe you have to love yourself before you can love another and be, and be a part of a loving group. And so, if you're in touch with yourself, wherever you are in your life, then you're gonna be more apt to connect and have a relationship uh, with a person or an organization or a movement. And um, I love that idea of learning about yourself and then combining with other people. You know, there's that quote, one plus one equals three if everything is going really well. And you're the sum is better than the, than the parts, if you will. So, you know, team building, individual growth, uh, breaking down barriers, proving people wrong, going above and beyond potential.
1: Those are neat goals of, of mine and I, when I work with individuals and groups awesome so in 2001 you were now in the around 2001 I should say you were now in the driver's seat as you mentioned as a division one head coach now uh so can you talk a little bit about that experience from transitioning from a player to now becoming a head coach uh so what kind of differences were there in the way that you saw the game uh, and what has being a coach taught you
0: yeah so um it's probably a natural journey of mine to become a coach um but I didn't intend to do that. I, again, as I said before, I wasn't super focused on where my career was going to take me for better or for worse. It it worked out a little bit, I guess, but, um, to each his own, but, um, you know, coaching where I played was certainly helpful and I had been during the 1990s and during my twenties on again, off again, a part-time assistant coach. So I, I, I knew the program, a little bit as a coach. I uh, knew a little bit, of, little bit about recruiting, a little bit about coaching training sessions and, and leadership therein. But I'll be honest, Christian, I came into it at age 30 as never been a full-time coach. And I think I was probably the youngest Division I head coach in the country. And so I knew I had a lot to learn. So I went in, I think, with very little ego, very little vanity, with a uh, learning mindset, growth mindset. And I started to get my licensing, you know, with us soccer and and, in NSCA. So had a little bit more uh, theory and verbiage and kind of infrastructure, if you will, of being a coach. And then I just started to really try to be enthusiastic and encourage our players. I did step away. I didn't jump in and play with the guys. You know, I think as the head coach, you know, you, you can't be too cozy. And I think back then in particular, you know, I didn't want to be the player's best friend. I knew I couldn't do that. And I think there is maybe in sports and maybe in general, you want to respect the leader, but you don't necessarily always have to be liked. And I'm not saying you have to be feared. I don't believe in that kind of Machiavellian thing, but uh, you know, I wanted the players to know I did care about them, but at the same time, I wanted a little bit of space as I established um, my routine, my philosophy Um, I leaned a lot on the seniors, my first few years to, to really kind of help. And I also really leaned on great assistant coaches, uh, to make their impact. And so, uh, although I was a head coach in title, I always try to avoid my calling myself head coach or the other coaches, assistant coaches. We were all, you know, part of this, part of this program, part of this
1: methodology and part of this competitive cauldron and experience. Great. I love how you mentioned how we learned from relationships with others. I actually picked up coaching as well, uh, coaching 13 new players with NCFC. Uh, And doing that, I learned a lot more about the sport, of course. But even more importantly, I learned more about myself and and how important relationships are with with your players. Um, So it's nice to see them kind of look up to you and and want to learn from you more. Um, So I noticed that you started some summer camps can you tell me a little bit about your vision behind creating those camps?
0: Yeah. So, uh, college soccer camps are, you know, a pretty normal tradition for college soccer coaches. They're a way to impact youth. They're a way to help with recruiting. Um, they're, they're a way to help get kids and families onto your campus to see, you know, your beautiful campus, your beautiful facility, um, hopefully come to games, you know, in the fall. So there's a lot of reasons that you do camps. Um, and it's just to continue to, to, to develop, I hate to say brand, it's kind of an overused word, but a little bit of what is Davidson soccer. And so uh, to infuse that into kids and families, but also to bring in other coaches to maybe help them a little bit in their process. Because a lot of the coaches we would have at our camps were either college players or up and coming coaches. You know, like yourself and uh, we would learn from them, but also give them a little bit of a, uh, an experience, if you will, to, to maybe um, look at a program and how they run things, what their philosophy and what their practice plans are and what their facilities look like and how do they do the logistics of, of running um, a college soccer program and a camp they're in so you know, the camps were a lot of fun. I was involved in both the boys and girls camps, but I ran the boys camps and the head women's coach would always run the girls camps So we were partners in it. And, um, you know, we, we had fun with it. We enjoyed it. I think at one point we had about 800 kids per summer and about 40 staff. And so a lot of work, a lot of time in the sun. And, um, but a lot of fun too. And I love like, there's a, a woman that um, she's in her mid twenties. She plays over in Europe and I was just congratulating her. And if it's on Instagram or LinkedIn, but she plays professionally over there, her name's Vicki Bruce. And she played a little bit in North Carolina in college, then transferred and played at, at Davidson. And while she was at Davidson, she would work our summer camps. And and I just congratulated her and told her, I, I love having a small part of her journey, you know, because she worked at Davidson soccer camps and here she is a pro player playing in Europe. So I say that and you don't know, what your impact is going to be on people and where they're going to go with life. And if you can get them when they're young, like you're doing Christian with the 13, 12, 14 year olds, uh, that's massive. That age group, there's a huge drop off of kids in our country that stop competitive uh, sports at that age for various reasons. It gets too serious or too expensive, or they start to want to do whatever else. And sports are critical to continue, I believe, even at a recreation level through life for health benefits, for mental health benefits, for um, being a part of something bigger than yourself, uh, for learning about teamwork and roles and how to handle losing, things like
1: that. So impacting that age group you're with is is vital. Exactly. Yeah, I think. Um, that we do see a lot of drop off for those reasons that you you have, um, hopefully for me being a passion for soccer, we're, um, we're hoping for change, of course, for this sport. Um, so, so just kind of going back on career, I would, I would love to hear kind of your advice that you would give seniors now that are, are looking to start their careers.
0: Yeah. Kind of what I said before, which is, uh, reach out to people. Um, don't hesitate, you know, I think there's different people in the world and, and I'm I'm a one-off and maybe I'm a little bit different and unique, but if someone like you reached out to me, which you did, I'm going to respond <laughs> if I can. You know, there, there may be moments even in my life uh, where it's so busy and, and my head is down where I'm so focused on a project or a personal thing where I might not be able to. But again, as I said before, I really value these experiences and maybe it's me wanting to give back to the game and wanting me to give back to the next generation because uh, I had tremendous mentors and leaders in my life uh, that looked out for me and I didn't even know they were doing it. They just were, you know, they were just doing it because they felt the right thing to do. So I think in this day and age, it's it's reaching out to people. I mean, your GPA matters, I get it, uh, but I wouldn't be solely focused on that. You know, if you're going to grad school, uh, then obviously GPA is going to matter a little bit more to get into entrance to grad schools, but I would focus on in college the experiences maybe not just in the classroom but out of the classroom. You know, can you volunteer? Can you network? Can you intern? Uh, can you pick the brain of people at the school that are smart and helpful? It could be a coach, it could be a staff, it could be an administrator, it could be a professor, and just get to know them. Um, I started a few few years ago where. I'll just leave people for coffee and I had nothing to really didn't know them. And I wasn't going to go in their field, but I was just curious. And I just said, Hey, I'd love to hear your story, you know, where you came from and where you got, how you got where you are. And to me, it was just illuminating. And, uh, uh, so I enjoyed that and I encourage folks to, to reach out and to try to connect with people.
1: Great. I think, like you said, uh, the mentor relationship is, is so important. It's so I would say encouraging, at least for me, I know we've been able to have some chats and um, just it's, these are so important to it kind of has a trickle down effect. I would say, uh, the, uh, the kind of encouraging side of things, like it's, it's encouraged me, I should say, to kind of pass down the torch. Like I said, I coach soccer. I mean, I care about my kids. I, I'm doing this career ambassador, you know, um, helping people my age, you know, I don't even have to necessarily be a much older professional with much more experience, you know, just having that helping hand, however you can is, I think it's, it's so great and so important. And I think it's, it's a mutual benefit for, for who you're helping, but also yourself. Um, To last, to kind of funnel out this wonderful podcast, I feel like it's gone way quicker than I expected. (laughs) Um, I wish I could talk all day. but So the last one is the year is now 2040. We stepped into a time machine. What advice would you give in 2040 to your 2020 self today?
0: My 2020 self. Wow. Um, I would say keep breathing very deeply and slowly. And make sure that you're still learning, but not putting pressure on yourself that you have to do everything right away. Um, I'm at a different point in my career than I was at your age. At your age, I was, um, I was like, got to you know, really get out there and hustle. And I really got to prove myself. And not that I want to stop proving myself, but I'm in a, you know, just as I said, a different kind of trajectory, different arc, if you will. And so for me, I'm looking more at uh, meaning, and I'm looking more at purpose versus results. Maybe you know, in productivity, is a little bit different for me in this day and age. I, I would say, I hopefully looking back in 2040, I was continuing to think about the world and what can my role be in it. Um, I can't solve all the world's problems, but I want to be aware and um, you know, with Black Lives Matter and in general, just the push for social justice. Um, protecting uh, minorities for um, spreading more equity, uh, all those things that I've always believed in uh, that have come more to a public face and more on the front. You know, did I do my part? Did I help? Did I listen? Did I, did I read? Those are pieces. Uh, I think we're at a pivotal moment and I'm hopeful that we can really turn a corner um, here and, and everywhere with, with helping people and and, and pushing the right principles that all people are created equal and
1: they deserve equal access. Awesome advice. I think it's great for, for the time that we're in now. And it's something that we should all hear, of course. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. For those others out there that may want to reach out, um, feel free to do so and, you know, believe in yourself and and stay well and you know, mental health is, is so challenging right now. So make sure you take care of yourself, make sure you reach out. If you need help, Make sure you take long, deep breaths um, and, and, and realize that you are loved and, and there are people that want to help you. That's awesome, Thank you.